Good morning. Before I get started, I just I want to share with you that this message that I'm about to share has been on my heart since the last week of January. God has, start, God has started stirring it up, and I start thinking about Mother's Day as far back as January because I have a lot of things on my plate, and I don't have time to just, you know, sit there and stew on things, but I have been really, really putting into this for, for months now, and um, I just want you to know that this is not just a message for you. It's a message for me. God has been working on my heart big time, and I've been saved for 25 years this year, and I'm going to tell you, I still need what God is speaking to me and what I'm praying he's speaking to you this morning. So right now, let's just go to him in prayer one more time. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place today. Lord, as we've worshiped you and ushered in your presence, Lord, as we brought your presence with us this morning, I thank you, Father God, that our words will begin to change this day. Because your word says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And Father, I thank you that our words will change this day, that we would be acceptable in thy sight with our words, with our thoughts. And Father, as, we cry, as I've been crying this prayer every day, I ask that you would make this our heart's cry today in this body of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to tell you, um, some of you don't know, but I have a small part-time job, not a big one. It's a fun job. I walk dogs. I get to be outside. My office is gorgeous most days. The days it's not, it's not as much fun, but it's still a pleasure. And I'm out there, and guess what I get to do while I'm walking my dogs? I get to spend time with my Lord, and it's so awesome, and I get to pray. And if you've been in my small group, I've shared that before. It's just a great time to talk. But over the last few months, it seems like the only words that come out of my mouth are let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Because sometimes we say things that we shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you, I say this to you right now because I'm sure there's some in this room that I have said things to that I shouldn't have. That I have offended with my words. And for that, I'm telling you and I'm asking you to forgive me, number one, and to say that I'm working on it as I'm sure all of us in this room are. All right. So with that being said, words are so important to God. I don't think we even realize it. I mean, this is something that it, it, it's, it's a part of our everyday life. From the time that you've learned to speak, words have come out of your mouth. We take it for granted. They just pour out of us, right? But God, God looks at words. I mean, as, to think about it, when he did creation, the first thing he did was, was he was. He, the, he was there. The next thing he did was he spoke. And when he spoke... It all started. He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. His words spoke into to action what he wanted to be. He intends for us to speak. We are created in his image. Therefore, we should speak with the same power and authority that God did when he said, let there be light. We have that authority in our words. Jesus is the word of God. That is one of his names. He is called the word. See, words are intricate in our walk with the Lord. He used words all the time. He still does. We have the testimony of Jesus Christ in the word of God. We have the law, which is the word. It is all word. He tells us to preach the word to those around. We are to speak the word. It is, we can't get away from speaking. We can't get away from words. It is part of our Christ-like being. There are so many scriptures 
that pertain to words in the Bible. And I'm going to use the King James because if I use a different version, I'm sure I could come up with tons of other words as well because they're synonyms and whatever. But in the King James Version, the word word is found 699 times. The word words is found 548. Speech found 49 times. The word speak 513. And speak it, well, speaketh in the King James or speaks 74 times. The word tongue is found 129. It's a lot of words that have to do with our words. Can you say amen to that? That's quite a few. But yet one of the biggest issues, as many scriptures as we had, and, and I'm telling you, it's been preached, it's been taught, we talk about it, we, we talked about it some this year in different messages, but as many times as we look at the word, as many times as we memorize scripture, it is still one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ. When we are counseling with people, most of the time, it's because somebody said something to somebody else. Let me say that again. Most of the time, the issues that we have with people in their relationships is because somebody has said something to somebody else and it was not received right, it was hurt, there was hurt, there's this and that. And so knowing that words are so very important and it is a big problem in the body of Christ, it needs to be preached and taught. We need to, we need to know what, what it has to, you know, what, how to, to work with this. One of the things I've noticed, and I think this is why it's the number one problem, is we hurt those we love the most with our words. Those that we're closest to. Let me just share this with you. If somebody were to say something about you, a complete stranger, and they were to say, oh my gosh, that person, blah, 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 is it going to affect you? Really? Not a whole lot. Unless you're super, super, super insecure, most likely if a stranger says something, they're like, they don't know me. How, they can't say anything. Oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. But if somebody that is close to you said the same thing, what's it going to do to you? It's going to hurt. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a difference because we are close to those. We hurt those that we love. And it's a sad thing, but we can also be edifying and lifting up those that we love as well, which is where we need to go. Most of us have heard the uh, phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones or make break your bones, but words will never hurt you. This was actually, this came about, and I don't know if you all know this, it's, it's as old as, um, I believe when I was looking, it was the 1800s. And it came about to help people be confident, believe it or not. Don't worry, you, you know, sticks and stones can hurt you, but nobody's words are ever going to hurt you. And you build up this almost like a false front. And we all know that it's not the case. When we hear words, they do hurt, sometimes more than physical pain. I have a high tolerance for pain, very high tolerance. When I was in Lama's class, we were laugh, we laugh about this, but, you know, Lama's is a natural birthing class. All these different, you know, couples are there, and the teacher says, I want all the moms to get up in front, and I want you to line up and put yourself in the scale of where you think you're going to be pain tolerance-wise. And I go to the 10. I can handle it. My, then they, she says, now, husbands, I want you to get back to your wives and put it where you really think they're going to be. And my husband was the only one who got it right. Hallelujah. Because he knew I could handle pain, physical pain. I'm pretty tough. But when it comes to my emotions, not so much. It's hard. So sticks and stones may break my bones, but we know this is not totally true. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We have the power 
And, the, and when it says they that eat it, or they that love it, I'm sorry, the it is referring back to the power. And so we have the power to speak death or speak life. And we're going to come back to that later on. So before we get into how we can speak right, we need to know what we're speaking wrong. Now, I've just brought up hurtful words. Hurtful words are what most of us think about when we think, oh, I've been hurt by words. Somebody has said something downright mean to us, right? And we've all been hurt by, by words. And if you haven't, you will be someday. So it, it will happen. I'm sorry. I'm telling you now, you know. Um, and we've all spoken hurtful words to one another. And if you haven't, you probably have. James says this in uh, James 3, 2. It says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So if you've never offended anybody with your words, you are perfect. I don't know if any of us in this room can stand up and say that we have never done that. So therefore, we've got some work to do, right? But that's, that, and James is basically saying that, like, hey, if you can do it, then you're perfect. And obviously, none of us are perfect because we know who the most perfect is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for most of us, it is obvious that our speech as Christians should not intentionally hurt others, right? You don't go out and say, I'm going to go hurt somebody with my words. If you're saved, that should never be your intention, correct? Because then I would really wonder about your salvation if you're intentionally with the mindset saying, I'm going to go hurt people with what I say. However, it still happens. Unintentionally, why? And, you know... I go back to being closest to the person that we, the people that we're closest to. We know we've heard the, the statement, familiar, familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. Well, when you are with people that you love, it's easy to go off the handle. You know, in my family, I mean, we've been dealing with some lovely warmth and humidity in our house. And it can breed for some nice tempers to flare up, you know. But, you know, we are really trying to watch our words. And, you know, things happen. We've talked about trials are going to happen to us. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we go, don't go through things. But how we respond to it is key. And so, you know, when we're around each other and we're all hot and tired and frustrated and can't get cooled off and the dog won't, stop, won't go to bed or we're barking and he's barking at everything because now all the windows are open and he can hear everything and it's 10 o'clock at night and he's going nuts. You know, these are... These are the the situations that can make us say some really nasty things. Also, when you're close to one another, just period, you feel like you are able to just speak your mind freely. No big deal. I'm just going to tell you how it is. What's on my mind here? Let's get it out. Um, When you, it's, you know, our close people, our family, our friends, spouses, church, coworkers. But when those people that are close to us or when we're close to people and we say things that hurt, it really does hurt more than anything, and we should know better. Idle words. These are other words that we should not be using. Now, Matthew twelve thirty four through 37, I'm going to read these verses from the King James. Um, o generation of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 
For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now, the Greek word for idol in this verse literally means that without work. That's what the literal translation in the Greek means when I see that word, and everywhere else it's translated. However, because it says idle words, it was an idiomic phrase, that in context it meant um, insincere language of a person who speaks one thing and means another, or a hypocrite. Interesting that, you know, Jesus chose those words to say to the Pharisees. So we have to be very careful with words not to be idle in both sense, in the literal sense, which is careless, and the contextual sense, which is hypocritical. We can't speak out of our mouth these things and expect good things to follow because now we're, we're changing the fruit of our heart. When you think of a car idling, now I'll tell you a funny story. When I was a little girl, you know, it was back in the day before they had the automatic um, Motor starters, my neighbors have it in all their cars. It scares the living daylights out of me when I'm outside walking the dog and their car starts going and nobody's out there. It's like, whoa. But back before those days, you know, we'd go out and start the car to get it warmed up. We had a, had a Vega, I think, yeah, a nice green Vega, and it needed to warm up because it just, it was, it's a, it was, it was an old car then. Um, so the, when my mom would go start the car and We'd be in Luray visiting my great-grandmother, and I'll never forget, we'd be in the kitchen, it'd be freezing inside, outside, and she'd go out to start the car, and my great-grandmother lived in a house with a carport, not a garage, but a carport, and it was on a hill. And so I'd say, Mom, don't go start the car, it'll roll away, and we won't have a car anymore, you know, and I would get all upset, and, and, and I didn't like the idea of, the, I didn't understand that if it's in park and the brake's on, it's not going anywhere, but my mind said if the car's running, it's supposed to be moving. And then late, my, my, my uncle would, did the same thing one time, and he left me in an idling car, and he walked away, and I was freaking out because I kept thinking the car was going to run itself. So, but when I think of a car idling, I think of a, you know, you think of it running, but it's not going anywhere, right? Idle words do the same thing. When we use idle words, they keep going and going and going, but they don't go anywhere. They have no purpose. Now, not that, I, that, that these words are necessarily harmful, the problem with idle words, though, when we, are, we let them just go and flow, is that they will sometimes not allow other words to be said that need to be said. Opinions. These, I'm gonna share, actually, I'm going to share with you a couple of things that the Lord's re- revealing to me that are classified as idle words. Opinions can be idle words. And you're saying, what? I'm entitled to my opinion, right? We might be entitled to our opinion, but we're not always supposed to speak it. Um, when we, <laughs> I had this, this morning, my son was sitting there going, I don't like such a, or no, he didn't say that. He said, butter is disgusting, right? My, my youngest son does not like butter, although he eats lots of food with butter and just doesn't even realize it. But if he sees butter on his bread, I have to come with a napkin and sponge it up. Even though it's on there, he just can't stand the idea of seeing butter on his food. So his words out of his mouth immediately. And I was like, oh, great, I'll use that this morning. Butter is disgusting. I said, no, it's not. That's your opinion. He says, but I think it is. I, you think it is, but you don't need to say that. What if somebody really loved butter and they walked in here in, in this room right now and you just said how disgusting it was and blah, 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 blah. 
And they're like, oh, man, but I thought butter was really good. Maybe I've been wrong all this time. You know, and, and, it, and it can change things. Now, this is a small thing, but opinions can be much bigger. You know, you cannot like a certain style of something and in walks somebody else and you just said, I don't like that. And then they're like, oh, well, that's what I'm wearing. Like, I don't like maxi skirts. Well, I just got this skirt. I really like that. And I'm short, so it's really hard to find a maxi skirt that fits. And if you want to know how I found this skirt, I'll tell you because it was a really good miracle. Because <laughs> I can't fit into maxi, maxi dresses and maxi skirts. If I put them on, they probably are about that, in, that much longer around my feet, okay? Sorry. You, you women know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> trying to find stuff, and if you're short, you, you get it. You understand. Men don't have a clue. They just go in the store. Okay, yeah, okay, bye. It doesn't take us. It's not like that. All right. Um, sorry. So we have to be careful with our opinions. We are entitled to them, yes, but we need to be careful how we share them, when we share them, and if we even should share them. It's not always necessary. So don't think that your opinion always has to be verbalized. Interruptions are also forms of idle words. And you're like, interruptions? Now, I'm going to have to confess to you, and my, my husband will probably amen the loudest, interrupting is something that I have a hard time with. Probably women, I just heard for Sean to say women, probably something we women tend to, to deal with, and men, it probably, it's probably one of their top pet peeves that they have with their wives. But I was starting to, Lord, and, and actually this goes back to January. I didn't make a New Year's resolution this year. I picked a word, and my word for the year has been listen. And I don't think I told my husband this. I have been wanting to be a better listener so that I would not speak so much, that I would be able to listen to the voice of my God, listen to those around me, that I would be able to shut up when I'm supposed to shut up and speak when I'm supposed to so that my words are valuable. And I interrupt a lot, and I haven't perfected it yet. And I'm getting better, I hope. I've been checking myself. (laughs) But what the Lord was showing me about interruptions and why they are idle words is because when we interrupt somebody, we're actually saying, my words are more important than yours. We're actually walking in pride. And I'm going to try not to cry because it breaks my heart because I think that I have overcome some of these things, being saved for 25 years. And as I delve into the word and as I seek the Lord on this, I find that I haven't overcome some of these things that I should have. And so interrupting is a source of, it's, 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 it stems from pride. And I know when I was a kid, I was the kid in the classroom who waited for everybody else. I'm, I'm a converted um, extrovert. I was not an extrovert as a child. Um, I've kind of stepped out and forced myself to be. But I, was, I would always sit there and wait. I was a nerd, and I would wait for somebody else to ask the question that I knew somebody was going to ask because I wasn't going to ask it because I didn't want to speak. I had a speech impediment. I had some other issues. I was very self-conscious of who I was, and I could not come out there and ask the question. Plus, I didn't want to be thought of as stupid because I had a reputation, my straight A's. Again, we're going back to pride. I'm just being real with you today. This is a little piece of who I am, and, and I'm telling you because I'm working on this. So if I'm talking to you, I will not have a problem. You say, hey, you just interrupted me. You need to go back and, and listen. You can correct me. I'm giving y'all permission, please, because I want to change in this area. It is not who I want to be. 
And, that's, and I know where it came from. It came from that feeling of not being able to speak up as a child. And now that I've come into my extrovertedness, that I am like, yeah, let me share everything I've got. Because I love to learn. I have, a, I have so much knowledge in my head. I'm constantly trying to learn. Like I said, I'm a nerd. I really enjoy learning. And so I just want to share everything, whether you want to hear it or not. And that's not always the right thing to do. So I am working on that. And again, and some of that is just idle words. And I'll go back to idle words. Sometimes we just want to talk to talk. And that can be a problem because we don't let others speak. So those are just some of the words. Now, there are other words, I'm sure. But these are the words that the Lord has been showing me that I need to change and that I've seen and hear and that we need to change. So how do we change our words? This is, this is the interesting... Oh, wait, let me go back to interruptions. There is a scripture I did want to share. Proverbs ten nineteen. It says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. See, we always quote that last part. In other words, keep your mouth shut. But then we don't realize that he says right before, when you have a lot of words, you can have a lot of sin. You open up the door when you're speaking a lot. When we close our lips things can happen. We can think, which is where we're going next. So how do we change our words? Psalm 19:14, which is my key verse to this whole message. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now years ago, I had my children memorize this entire psalm. And we, we had a great time. I love Psalm 19. I'm not going to go into the whole thing right now. But the first part of the psalm talks about, it's a, it's a metaphoric poem where David talks about how um, the creation, hold on just a second, how creation speaks out God. It says, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth forth knowledge. And then he talks about how the sun and, and, and just this beauty, but it's all about his words. And then if you progress through the, the, the chapter, you get into David starts talking about the law of the Lord and his, his truth and his statutes. And, 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 it's, and it's sweeter than honey. This is where we hear that sweeter than honey and the honeycomb and more to be desired than gold and more precious than silver. It is, it, this, is, this is what David is seeing. And then at the end of this psalm, he cries out. And I can almost, I can almost, when I read it, I can see, oh my gosh, look at creation. And then look at your word, Lord. And then let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Because all these things are acceptable to you, Lord, because your creation sings forth your praise. Your word is true. It does not return void. It brings forth your praise. Let my words, my thoughts bring forth your praise. And I literally, that is the cry of my heart. Now, I pray this with my children constantly. My husband prayed it growing up. We pray it in the mornings. I have my kids declare it because I want us to speak forth. Now, do we do it every day? Do we speak? No. And that's why I keep praying it because I know that when I get up or I have just, and and sometimes I'll have walked out of the house and I'll be like, I just did not say that right. I should have spoke with more patience. I should have had. So what is my problem, Lord? Because I'm praying this prayer every day. It's more than just praying. Our words are, spo- are our thoughts spoken. So if we 
want to change the words that come out of our mouth, we have to. It is mandatory. We have to change our thoughts. Pastor TJ last week talked about the word meditate, and I love this definition. As a matter of fact, when I was um, spell to, or not spell checking, proofreading his notes, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. This is what I've been doing, Lord. I have actually been meditating on this particular scripture for three months now, just chewing on it. And, and the, the definition for meditative, um, I'm going to reiterate, is to dwell on anything in thought, to contemplate, to study, to turn or revolve any subject in the mind. Constantly thinking about the word. Constantly meditating, chewing on it, turning it in our mind. So, the, you know, if I can get my words right, or if I can get my thoughts right, my words will follow. And so how do I get it? We have to meditate. But what do we meditate on? We meditate on the word. Simple. Really simple. But if it's so simple, why are we not doing it? Just being honest. Because, you know, a lot of us have our daily reading. We get into the word. We pray. We have our routine. But do we stop there? Do we chew on it all day long? You know, in Philippians 4, 8, this is what it tells us to think on. And I love this verse. Paul says, Finally, my brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. What are we supposed to be thinking on? Truth, justice, honesty, purity. Our thoughts need to be pure. We can't just sit there and read the word and say, okay, I've, got, I've read my word for the day and then expect it just to flow out of us. We've got to be thinking on it day and night. In Psalm 1, David says he was, wanted to be like the um, tree planted by the rivers, of, or I'm sorry, blessed is the man that meditates, I'm going to skip down, he meditates on the law day and night so that he can be like that tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth much fruit. You know, Jesus, we're going to go back to Matthew 12, but he talked about the fruit that's in our heart, the treasure. If it's evil treasure, it's going to bring forth evil treasure. If it's good treasure, it's going to bring forth good treasure. Our fruit will come forth with our thoughts. If we're thinking the thoughts that are up there, those things that are true, pure, just, and a good report, and holy, holy thoughts. Holy thoughts don't think ill of our brother or sister. Pure thoughts don't think those things. Yes, we can see error in somebody. Yes, we can see their problems. But how do we respond to them? How do we see them? How do we speak about that? We have to change our thoughts. When we have purpose to study God's word on a daily basis, our speech changes. When we purpose to meditate on it and chew on it, we start to think differently. When we think on virtuous things, we start to speak virtuous things. When all you hear is negative, what are you going to speak? Negative. When you are surrounded by negative thoughts or you don't get into your word for a while, watch yourself. Watch, your, watch the tone of your voice. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. The attitude of your heart changes when we don't put these things in us. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it, you know, it is simple, but it's not easy. It's not easy to get our thoughts changed. Otherwise, we wouldn't, need a, we wouldn't need this. We wouldn't have the problems we have in the body of Christ if it was so easy to do. When I got saved, I was 15 years old. 
And um, I had a filthy mouth, just going to say. Um, and, and there was great pride in that for some reason. I have no idea. Maybe because I was getting away with something I knew I shouldn't have been doing. But I did. I had, but, but, but something started to change. I got saved in December. By February, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And by March, I was baptized in water. And my life had totally changed. I was reading my Bible. I was getting into the Word. I was praying. We had a prayer group. I started to pray. I mean, there were some things just snowballing. Guess what also changed? My words. I didn't sit there and have to pray to stop saying those words. It just stopped because I no longer thought of those words. My thoughts had changed to all I want to do is see Garfield High School saved. I literally had visions of the roof of this school coming off and it being covered with thousands of angels because I wanted to see people change. I want to see their lives change. And this became the cry of my heart. So those other words, they didn't, they didn't have any effect on me. They would not come out because that was not what I was surrounding myself with. There is a difference when you surround yourself with the word, when you're breathing and eating and sleeping in the word. When I miss the word, I, my family knows it. When I have not prayed, they feel it. I feel it. It is disgusting to me sometimes the way that the words come out. If I've twisted something or if I say something out of anger or frustration because I have not thought it through. And, you know, we always say, think before you speak, right? The thing is, is your words that you're speaking, they're already thoughts. You got to think before you think. (laughs) Pretty much because you are already thought it when it comes out, even though you think, oh, I didn't think about that before I said it. You did think about it. You'd been meditating on it. Now think of this. If you have words or thoughts in your mind, now we, we all know, we just said, he that refraineth his lips is wise. So shutting our mouth is a good thing to do when we don't know. And we heard the saying, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all, right? Our moms are wonderful. They, they trained us up good. And that's a great thing to say. And I'm not arguing that. It is a wonderful statement. However, if we sit there and we don't change our thoughts and we just keep our mouth quiet, We don't change what we're thinking about or how we're thinking about the situation. And we just keep those lips closed. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, but I'm so mad inside. You know, and your, your thoughts are just churning. It's like a pressure cooker. If you've ever seen a pressure cooker, my family is so funny when I get the pressure cooker out. It's about the red ring. You need to hurry up and man it down again. It's going to blow. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just pressure cooking. But they, you know, the old pressure cookers, they do blow up. The new ones, not so much. But it's like a pressure cooker inside of us. When we have these thoughts that are not pure, not holy, not true, and we're just letting them bubble up inside of us, and we're keeping our lips closed, it's like putting that lid on that pressure cooker. And what's going to happen one day? We're going to explode. And we're going we're to vomit our words all over somebody else who may not even be a part of that situation. And that can instigate other things like gossip and other problems with our words, or we could say it over the person that we are feeling those feelings toward and really hurt them. So we have to be careful to change our thoughts, not just close our mouths, because it isn't just the words that we speak. It is our thoughts. Every thought can become a word. Every thought doesn't have to be a word. And the word says that we can cast down our thoughts and our imaginations when they're not right. Because, you know, even when we're built up, The enemy would like to come and speak into our minds. Our self would like to speak into our minds and say, hey, really? You don't want to think that about that person. 
they really are this way, blah, 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 blah. No, the word says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are of a good report, I will think on those things toward that person. And I'm going to think that way until I speak that. And if I can't speak it, then I won't speak it until I am thinking that way. And I get my thoughts right. And changing our thoughts is so important. Now, it's really, you know, earlier I had said we, we tend to hurt those that we love the most. We tend to be careless with what we say. Partly because we know they'll forgive us. Family's family. We're stuck together. You know, doesn't matter. You know, and it's happened. My sister and I just had a conversation. Parent, I said I didn't say something. Let's put it that way. It was the words that I didn't say that caused an offense. And I'm praising God. She came to me and she said, you know, hey, when you didn't do this or this or that, I was kind of worried and hurt. And I said, well, that was never my intention. I never meant it to be that way. I just saw something a little different than you did. And then we came to an understanding and it's all good. But the thing is, is that when we, when we, we, we just expect our family to forgive us. But I don't know that I, I really think that's even right to do. Because, yes, we want them to forgive us because I, we know that they should. But why give them the reason to have to forgive us? Why do the sin in the first place? If we get our thoughts right, we don't have to worry about, oh, man, if I say this, they're not going to care. Because really, they are. You can't take a word back. I was reading a quote. A word, they were describing a word like an egg. And when you drop an egg over a cliff, it breaks. And that word is that egg, and it's real gentle. But as soon as you drop it and it's all over, you cannot put it back in the shell. And it's already out, and it's done. Once a word's spoken, it's out there, it's done the damage. It's very hard to do damage control, to fix it. The word says that they will know us by our love one to another. Pastor TJ has been preaching this for almost two years now, really strongly, that we need to love one another. Because the world's not going to see Christ until he sees us loving one another. And if we can't speak nicely to one another, we can't love one another. Our words greatly affect that. It's very difficult to show love when our words seem so contrary. Our actions are a result of our words. We don't want to use the excuse that it's just who I am. I, you know, I can't change or I'm working on it, I'm going to tell you, you are a new creature in Christ. The word said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you are not that same person that had those problems before. You are able by burying yourself in the word, by getting it. And if this is really a problem with you, get in the word. We saw how many places it talks about words in the scripture. There are so many scriptures that can help us that if we get into these words... We don't have to use that excuse. You are, you are dead to that old self. You are alive in Christ. You are a new creature. Matthew 12, 34, 35. Again, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the abundance of the heart comes in also in that verse or that section there where it talks about in verse 35 that the good treasure and versus the evil treasure. See, the abundance of the heart is going to come forth whether it be evil or whether it be good. Whatever is really up in you is going to come out in your words, in your speech. And that's really scary when, when, when it comes out, especially among the body. And it, it breaks my heart that the words sometimes have come out of my mouth the way they have come. And I'm sure it breaks your heart here this day. And you may be thinking of some things that you've said or, or people have said to you. 
We need to fill our heart with good treasure. And what's the greatest treasure that we could fill it up with? The word. Spending time in his presence. You know, this morning, his presence was so beautiful in this place. To worship him and to be filled with him. And to get in that place in your daily, daily walk. It's indescribable what it can do to change you. And uh, there are a lot of people in this room, I know you can, can attest to that. David acknowledges that God is his strength in the rest of the verse. So it says, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, which we know that is a synonym for thoughts, because the heart is the seed of the soul. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, which is translated as rock, and my redeemer. We need God's strength to speak right. We cannot do it on our own. We need his strength to wake up each day and say, I will bury myself in this word. I will think the thoughts that the word gives me. I will not speak thoughts that are not toward you, that are not lovely and pure and just and true and honest. And we need to know that his redeeming grace to forgive us when our words haven't been pleasing. And I think that's why David said, he's my rock and my redeemer. Because he's my strength and he's my grace. And that's not to justify or excuse when we've done it wrong, but he does give us that forgiveness. And I want to close with this. One of my favorite movie quotes of all times is from Anne of Green Gables, and I've shared this at some of the women's meetings before. I love these old movies, the, the ones that were done back in the, I believe, the late 80s, 90s. Um, Anne and Miss Stacy are having a discussion. Miss Stacy is her teacher. She's a young little teenage girl back in the day here. Miss Stacy tells Anne that you can always start everything afresh tomorrow. And Anne says, that is a tremendous consolation, Miss Stacy. Tomorrow is always fresh with no mistakes in it. Now, Miss, Miss Stacy continues on and says, with no mistakes in it yet. So we have to make sure that we keep it clean. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is great. He gives us the ability. Sorry. He gives us the ability to... uh, I'm sorry, I adjusted the mic. (laughs) Not used to this little ear thing, Sorry. Great is thy faithfulness. So knowing that he has given us the mercy to be forgiven for our, our words and our thoughts. And that today is a new day. That I can start it all over afresh today. That I can have that grace to, to go forth. If you've hurt, been hurt by others' words, pray for them. Forgive them. Pray that God would reveal themselves. If they're a member of the body of Christ, pray that he, they would open up their hearts to his, his word and that his words become their thoughts. If you know or think you may have hurt someone with your words, I'm famous for calling somebody up and said, you know, when I was talking to you today, I think when I said that, it didn't come out the way I really wanted it to. Will you please forgive me if I caused you any hurt because that's not my intention. Go to them and say, hey, I didn't mean to say it this way. That wasn't my heart. I wasn't really thinking right. I needed to change that a little bit. It should have come out a little bit better. Then get into the Bible and also see, and then if you've hurt people, you know, also ask God to forgive you. Get into your word and change your thoughts. Today's a new day and a day to begin to pray that the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in his sight, our Lord and strength and redeemer. Amen.